anytime we want to connect to anyone that we cherish in the unseen realm, we can bring our gaze inward, breathe into the heart, and see our person in our mind's eye and connect to their eyes, feel our hands connect to theirs and literally feel our hands connect. You'll very likely feel some sensations in your hand. And just listen, because our loved ones are always so excited. See, where we meet them is in the astral. And our subtle body, which animates us, connects to their subtle body. So we can always connect and talk to our, our beloveds. All right, And it's always where the highest in you meets the highest in them. Welcome to the Love Your Life Show for spiritual beings having a human experience here on Earth School. She asks, she shares first, um, I was away when my mom passed in June. It was totally unexpected and sudden. And it happened when she was walking on, in the street on the grass. How do I handle all that information? So this is a recent passing. And um, sometimes we can still have some of these questions um, years after the passing of someone that we um, are either very connected to or even estranged from, right? Death is, uh, death, grief, loss has many complexities and many layers to it. So the first thing that I was present and, and, and I think that we all can probably find ourselves in others' questions. That's why I really love Q&A so much. Um, and the first thing that I'm present to is that it was like unexpected and sudden. It is, it's a, it's a, has a, it has its own angle to it when a passing is sudden. It is one of those realities in life that we all have awareness of. And when it happens to us, even if we are aware of this awareness, it can still impact us in a different way than if someone in our family or our, our friend network is told that they have, you know, maybe uh, likely five years to live, three years, five months, three months, five weeks, five days. So it's different. So I acknowledge and I see you in that, Sharon. I really understand the, the suddenness. What I also want to share, just through my lens of being in the field of death grief and end of life education and uh, coursework and one-on-one and -on -one private work in this field now for over 20 years is that death is so merciful and compassionate. Now, it doesn't always appear to our eyes. If some, some of you have, have sat bedside with people that have passed, I have ushered, uh, I, I ushered my mother as she crossed over in my arms, and um, I did get to be with my father, not at his final exhale, and, and others as well. And I can say that just like birth, right, if anybody saw birth, you would say, wow, that looks treacherous. It isn't. Birthing and transitioning, entering and exiting are among the most 
cared for, held into, received transitions that we can ever possibly imagine. The body, the mind, the psyche, the soul, we are prepared. We are never not prepared on all the other layers. Maybe not our mental body, right? It's not, it, it's, now, you're, for all I know, your mom had a death awareness practice every day that she woke up and she was present to. My goodness, I'm in my 90s. I, yay, I get another day today. Here I am, world. Watch me roar. <laughs> um, and she may not have thought, well, you know, when I go down Main Street, that will be my final exhale. I might have my final exhale this afternoon, this evening, while I'm sleeping. I don't know. I have, I hold the awareness close to me that it's a possibility because it's my field and I have seen and I believe true with all my heart that these kinds of daily contemplations around um, death awareness, around our impermanence, around the awareness key number two of humility, that I will have a final exhale and I don't know when, is among one of the greatest gifts we can give ourselves if what we are up to in our lives is loving our lives, okay? So death can look, not death, the journey towards death can look It can look grueling. It can look. It could look like we could say this. That's awful. However, internally, we are being ushered through the most natural progression of our human existence. Right, the moment from the moment we come into our incarnation, we are on our journey of living and on our journey every step one breath closer to our final exhale. So there are countless um, accountings of people that have had near-death experiences, of um, remembering very vividly their own death, um, or of having severe accidents, right? Where you're, what my point is nature, our transition out, whether sudden or gradual, is as natural, is as nature as it gets. We, you are nature, each one of us is nature, and the process is natural. Um, I had an experience where I had a compound fracture on my arm, meaning my, arm, my bone was visible, and I was not, I did not have access to assistance, quality assistance, uh, for well over an hour. So I spent time in that state. I remember vividly. And there was something happening that was more than shock, okay? Because I was very present. I wasn't like, um, I wasn't in shock in, in that classic standard sense. It was astoundingly intense. And I got in that experience the nature in the seen realm, in my physicality, and something was happening in the unseen realm that was caring for me. 
So I want you to know that we are never abandoned. We are never abandoned. Now, what I have to say from here on out, I can't claim is truth. It is what I believe through countless case studies, through being immersed in this education for well over 20 years. And what, what they all say is that we come into our life with a team, with sometimes one, sometimes two, sometimes a small team of, care, of care, caregivers, caretakers, care watchers, care loves that are with us every step of the way. We may be aware of them. We may never be aware of them. And, and our awareness or lack thereof does not determine their presence in our lives, okay? <laughs> so to that, to, I, I share that to let you know I don't believe for one moment your mother was alone, okay? No one is ever alone when they transition. I, um, there's a sweet book. It's, it has some intense stuff in it, uh, you know, about otherworldly things, but it, it is by Dolores Cannon called um, Between Death and Life. And she talks a little bit about this kind of stuff. But, and, and it may be out there, OK? So I, I, I just throw that, I just put that in that feather in, in a cap for some other day. All right. Um, let me just take, ah, how do I handle the added information is, is, was your question about having awareness of the suddenness and the logistics of her passing. Um, no. Be willing to meet your mom in your heart space and generate her in your mind's eye. See and feel her presence anytime you wish and ask her how she is. Okay. Our loved ones are accessible in this way anytime you want to connect with them. When, I, when my mother took her final exhale, I was 22-ish and she was in the hospital bed in our front room, our foyer. And my father was on the other side of her and my mother's mother, she was 58 when she passed. She had brain cancer. My mother's mother, my Nana, was sitting in a chair like 10 feet away. And my father suddenly jolted up and he whipped his head around, almost with maybe the tiniest bit of like, no, I delete. I don't know that there was that. What I do know is it was a moment that we were both so very present to my mother's breath because you can breathe with your beloveds and kind of sync your breaths up together. And, and it's a beautiful way as someone's transitioning. So when my father pulled his head up and turned around to look, it wasn't a moment where you'd really necessarily want to be distracted. And he goes, what, Nana? And there was no one there. My Nana was still sitting in that chair. And when I say no one, I would, re I would state that differently. There was no one visible. My father, to this day, and of course, he's in the unseen realm, and I know he would attest to this. He's got his evidence now, I'm sure. 
he, um, I remember him journaling about this after, and he said, this letter is, my dad was a very logical person, and, and, uh, and a great lover of God, and he loved Mother Mary, and he wrote himself a letter, and he said, this letter is just for me. It's to, it's to say that I now know with certainty two things. One, that there is life beyond there is existence, we exist beyond that which exists in our earthly material plane body. He said in number two, I know that we are never alone. So I share that sweetness um, from my father right to you, Sharon, in the event that that's just the nugget that may, may seed something in your heart as peace and a balm, okay? Um, a month prior to that, his father had passed. And in the middle of the night, my father was sitting in, uh, he was sitting on the toilet, actually, in that in-between state, not fully awake, not, you know, sleeping. And he felt a hand literally brush his whole back, stroked his back very tenderly. And he didn't share that with me until after the hand on his shoulder my, at my mother's passing, and he knew, and, and, my, and his father passed that, that morning, he knew, putting the two together, something else was letting him know, you're not alone, you're not alone, because his father passed, and he couldn't go to the services, because my mother had brain cancer, and was very, uh, there was, it was very hands-on, it was just a small team of us taking care of her, my father, myself, and my nana, and then we had wonderful, wonderful hospice nurses coming in at the end. So we are never alone, and I do not believe for one moment that your mother was alone in that process, okay? So always the bigger thing in our lives is our own minds, right? We want to ask ourselves, once a, th a thought of any nature becomes repetitive. What is it I'm really seeking here with this repetitive thought? All right, there's a, when I have a repetitive thought, I assume it's repeating because it wants my attention and it's up to me to consciously sit with it. And to do so through an exercise that I, I love sharing, some of you know this exercise, um, having, having tea with the friend and the friend can sometimes be someone that you don't experience friendship with or friendliness with necessarily on the material plane. Um, in the subtle world, we are all friends. Here in the material world, we're playing out the curriculum of our lives and the plot and the plot twists and all the things, right? So, so we can always welcome in a repetitive thought to take it a form and come in a, clo a, a door that's ajar to walk in and sit across from a table with us and we have a cup of tea with it and just sit and talk. Tell me, tell me a little bit more, the repetitive thought. You keep playing out this scene. What is it I'm really seeking clarity on, freedom from, or contentment around? All right, those are usually the reasons that something is repetitive is because we feel trapped by something and we're seeking to feel free from it or we're experiencing agitation and we're seeking contentment 
um, or we're seeking, we feel, um, those are typically, we, we, or we're, we experience a confusion, we're seeking clarity. Sometimes there's more education or information we need. Sometimes we have uh, something to shift within ourselves, right? Okay, so we're always seeking clarity, contentment, and freedom. Those are, those are the three reasons. And the opposite of those is what will have us sometimes experience a repetitive cyclical uh, thought. So that's a way to, I don't want to say interrupt it, it's, it's to connect with it. And move out of a stagnation, right? A repetitive thought is something just stuck, like a record, you know, a needle stuck on a, the same song. So we just want to be able to, let's, let's get the song, let's have the song keep playing. And I'm here and present with it, okay? Um, that's one of the, the exercises that sometimes if we just can't, if we're not able to do this on our own, which we are not designed to do, this is why I really enjoy working one-on-one, uh, -on -one, helping people to move through um, their, their grief process to move with their grief process in a healthy way, right? Because grief is, is one of the most natural, instinctive responses to change either that's sudden or expected and change that we either wanted or didn't want. So this is an energy that yearns to move. And when it just gets stuck, I always can help you to find in the mind where the needle is stuck, what part of the song is that record needle stuck on, all right? Grief energy doesn't get stuck on its own. It's something that's happening in our mind and our thinking that has it stuck, and that's human, okay? It doesn't mean there's something wrong with your mind. It's called, oh, I'm human, and I'm going to bring some awareness to this so I can, I can move the needle. And many times, we will experience things in our lives that we are not designed to navigate alone. My biggest um, challenges in my life I always go guided. That's one of the greatest gifts I've given to myself over the over the thirty some years I've been on this um, on, that I've been consciously um, on the spiritual journey, right? With with each one of you, is good guidance, like really high quality guidance. So, if anything that I've shared so far, a bit about we're not alone in the unseen realm, so. You can start to change what you see. We actually are the director in our mind when we bring awareness to it, right? The mind is either going to run on its own and we are in it for the ride of our lives, or we can step back and take and have some directorship and say, wait a minute, if I really believe that my mother was not alone in that moment, or would I be willing to conjure and entertain a upgraded scene as the director here, can you start imagining consciously a different scene? Can you imagine the space around her filled with benevolent loving energy, elated to greet her, to allow her landing on the earth, to, feel, to be so sweet, to be so sweet, to allow her, can you see and feel with all your being, the utter grace and beauty of that and start interrupting the old track with a better song, with the song that you can get behind, okay?
what is ideal is when someone that we love and cherish has crossed over, and we can love and cherish people even if we don't invite them over for Thanksgiving, okay? Loving and cherishing doesn't mean the relationship was really amazing, awesome, healthy. Oftentimes they are, and we still can have a cherishing relationship with someone that we are temporarily on pause with. I like to say that it that way. So when we are able to not rush, not aggravate the vata energy, the air energy in our systems by travel. We're able to be with the preciousness and the uniqueness of those first few days where the veil between those who are still here in the material plane and those who have just crossed over, the veil is really thin. It's a thin place. And it holds very unique gifts for us. So I'm really grateful. Oftentimes, accidents happen. There is an increased likelihood of people getting in, you name it, any kind of accident. Automobile accidents increase 300% for widows who drive the first year of a, of a passing. We um, uh, falls on stairs, tripping, right? Because when we receive news of a loss, all the layers of our being, from the physical to the most subtle, are impacted. We don't even, we don't feel oriented in our body. It's like all that we feel in a very expanded state. Um, I, the best way I think I know how to describe what it feels like when someone newly transitions is that it will feel like we are swimming in a dreamscape. It's like, it feels so surreal. And this is, a, this is a prime, these are prime causes and conditions for oopsies, for missing a step going up or down, uh, for, you know, carrying things and dropping glass, just, just things like that, because we're not steady and we're not supposed to feel steady. So I like that you didn't have to rush. Um, and I like that you can even stand now that it was a good decision at the time to not rush. You know, how families go through uh, loss is oftentimes we'll exaggerate where we don't have skills in life, right? When life is going regular or has little challenges. Our, our, our weaker muscles will become very exaggerated in any stressful situation, okay? Job loss, uh, act of God, no, I don't like that phrase. Um, a, a sudden uh, natural disaster, natural disaster can happen. Um, uh, sudden illness, uh, sudden death, these things. These are all circumstances and there are loads more where we are really out of our comfort, out of our fortitude. And this is why it's so important to practice so many of the little principles that I've just shared in this video. In when life is, you know, I don't wanna say steady and regular because try to find a day where that is. Um, however, it's our inner state that can be steady and regular. That's what we're cultivating. That's what our practices are all about, is about cultivating our inner state so that we can navigate in our humanness 
with life exactly as life is and how we can navigate being with others in our life exactly as they are because we do not have say over who others and how they show up and be and we certainly don't have say over how life goes i like how elizabeth gilbert says um you know we're we we're very scared to surrender to life and oftentimes we think we don't want to surrender because we really want control. She says, we don't ever have control. What we have is anxiousness. So the whole point of all of these life practices and why I teach um, uh, death talks, why I teach um, coursework, the Love Your Life curriculum with Inspired Living, why I teach with Yoga Farm in groups and one-on-one, -on -one, is to help you to cultivate these life skills because they are the skills that help you to cultivate your vitality in your body, in your mind. There's a mental vitality. Mental vitality and soul vitality are evident in the light of your eyes, okay? There's the, the liquid luminosity of the eyes is the is the gauge, is the litmus, really, of your of vitality, vitality of body, vitality of soul, vitality of mind, of enthusiasm of your heart, enthusiasm of your mind and your body, and most importantly, loving your life and all of these practices, death awareness especially, lends itself to the cultivation of your inner harmony so that you can stay in that place of that does not, is not holding tension so we can bend, not break, so we can move with life as it is. Now, we will be tested constantly. Sometimes you're going to, and I say these with grades, not to like poke at <laughs> school trauma, um, but just because it's a scale most of us are familiar with. You know, there are, there are some days you're going to be like, well, I just got pop quizzed. I was talking to someone the other day and, and, and he was sharing with me, well, I got a pop quiz today. Went down to the laundry, the dryer, a ballpoint pen had exploded all over all my white t-shirts. And, and, and your, our instantaneous reactivity or response ability, the ability to respond is our instant grade. It's like you get an instant grade. And it just kind of lets you know where you're at with your practices. He's like, it was okay. It was like, just, it's okay. This is what is, I mean, like a bummer, like, a, you know, and it was okay. So it's, we build muscle and stamina with the seemingly smaller things in our lives so that when the seemingly bigger things show up, we're not brand new. We can catch ourselves when we think like, oh, somebody shouldn't have an expectation of me. Of course they should, because they're human and, and not aware that, you know, you can have an expectation. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong if it's not fulfilled. <laughs> I can have plenty of expectations. I remember it's not the job of others to fulfill them. Um, and sometimes I forget, because life will say, well, geez Louise, Daniela's had a great couple of months. She's had a great run had this month, you know? Let's, let's 
push this test and, and set that one in motion and see how she does, right? There are things that will still show up that can knock us so out of our own inner harmony and it takes reconnection, realignment with all the practices you know and have good skill with over the chapters of your lives where you have been awake spiritually to your practices, where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm using absolutely none of them right now. I'm not using any. It's like if you <laughs> have a, a basket of 800, I got knocked out of my center. Um, not too terribly long ago. And let's say I have a basket of 800 practices and tools, right? And I'm fluid with them because I've been practicing them for so many years. And you all know the coursework on them, right? So I, I know what I teach. And it was as if like the whole basket was made of glass and all my practices were made of glass and it just went on a marble floor, right? So I... All there is to do is just be like, oh my goodness, look at this. And I'm just gonna lay down next to this mess for a little while until I even get the broom, get the vacuum, get the shop back, get the wet stuff to get all the shards. Like it really takes something sometimes and that's sometimes how sudden loss can hit us. And while it's on my mind, friends, I just want to let you know that you can um, always go to www, I'll put it in the comments, inspiredliving.us, where I share a little bit about services that I have to support you in grief, uh, grief and death education. Um, I also will be running two courses coming up in the fall. One will be a four-week death course in October based on death awareness practices. Some of you like the death talks that you've seen elsewhere. So that'll be a mini course. I'll get you the information on. It's not even on the website yet. And then I'm going to run the grief course in November, December, because that's a really challenging time of year, especially for people navigating um, first time holidays and uh, family gatherings. So that just know that a, uh, a group grief course will be coming up in November and December. It'll be an very likely an eight week, six to eight week course, okay? And anytime we wanna to connect to anyone that we cherish in the unseen realm, we can bring our gaze inward, breathe into the heart, and see our person in our mind's eye and connect to their eyes, feel our hands connect to theirs and literally feel our hands connect. You'll very likely feel some sensations in your hand and just listen because our loved ones are always so excited. See, where we meet them is in the astral, and our subtle body, which animates us, connects to their subtle body. So we can always connect and talk to our, our beloveds, all right? And it's always where the highest in you meets the highest in them. So they're always accessible. I will guide you through this practice in the grief course, okay? And you're always welcome to come to Sacred Sunday. Um, because that's always also, also a beautiful way to, uh, to clear any uh, lingering things that don't feel reconciled in our relations with those in the material world as well as in the unseen realm and always an opportunity to connect with our beloveds. Um, 
in that space. Okay, so Sacred Sunday is every Sunday. I'll, I'll get in a habit of sharing it more in this group just to remind you and share the link. Oh, wait, no, even simpler. Register at inspiredliving.us and you can get on the, the list that'll send you the link. I think, I think it sends it to you every Sunday right in your inbox so you don't even have to like go looking for links. I like anything that does the link search for me. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, I thank you for, for taking a little bit of time out of your day to be here. And if you're on replay and you have a follow-up question about anything, please feel free to put that in the comments, okay? I love you. And I'll see you soon. Mwah. Bye.